Hallelujah. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. A child that is built around a strong person will die the day the strong man dies. <laughs> if it doesn't translate to becoming an institution, the day they lay the man to rest, strike the shepherd, and the sheep will scatter. If it translates to become an institution, in the lifetime of that strong man, it means it will now be built on firm principles, procedure, and systems that guarantee quality and meritorious service to all, regardless of status or when they became part of the church. I'll repeat myself. If it doesn't translate into an institution, then is man no man. You have to get to the wife of the overseer and whisper to him, Mommy, Daddy, Daddy, Pastor, I wonder if it's your girl call ya. Do you understand me? But the moment it transits into an institution, everything done there will be based on principles procedure, strategies that will guarantee meritorious service to anyone regardless of their status. This is what the citadel is all about. Those who circumvent, lay down procedures are enemies of institution building. Stop going to my wife or to my children or to anyone close to me without following procedure. It will not work. Oh, does that mean they don't have influence? They do, but you destroy institution. That's why I'm strong and say, no, don't bring it home to me. Go to the appropriate quarters. Why Why would Jesus heal people and say, go to the priests? Because there's established procedure. Go and take your certificate of fitness from them. I know you are healed. But they don't know. Let them examine you. Or they will not admit you back into society because you were once a leper. Or you have suffered from issue of blood. When you circumvent procedure, establish principles, you are enemy of institution building. And guess what? Your frustration has just begun. And nothing will stop it in the citadel. In the name of Jesus. Can I hear amen? Amen. What is difficult in following simple procedure? 
pass a budget, go to the Senate. Let me tell you this. At the time that we were going to import these cameras, my son and one of the members, uh, Papa K, Papi K, they've already contacted to negotiate to get the prices down so that we don't pay a lot. That we don't waste money at all. They brought the papers to me. My son showed it to me. Has this passed through the Senate? He said, yes. Is it within budget? He said, yes. I said, where is Elder Lokitri's signature? He said, he traveled. And he said, when he returns, he will sign. I said, keep the paper. I called Lokitri. Have you seen this budget? Yes. Has it been passed? Yes. But you didn't sign. He said, I will sign when I come back, sir. I said, when you come back, sign, and we'll pay. And I refused to pay it until he came back and signed. Yes, we spent a little more money. But I don't want a situation where my son can bring it in and I sign off without following. That's what I was doing. I was not mean. I just want to build an institution that will outlast me long after I'd gone. And if you don't submit to that, your frustration has just begun. Do you still want me to say anything today? Because the next segment is long. If all you want to take home today is the difference between strong men and institution, I've given you practical demonstrations. When Jesus said, I'll build my church, the name of Peter was not there. The name of James was not there. The name of John was not there. The name of your general superintendent was not there. The name of your general overseer was not there. The name of your servant overseer was not there. He said, I will build my church. He's thinking of an institution that will outlast him and he's still here today building. But you have McDonald's franchising everywhere that cannot stand the test of time. The owner dies and everything scatters. We want to see institution that will outlast everyone there. And each generation will praise his work to another generation and declare his mighty works. This is the spirit of the citadel. That you're not going to get things because you got there in 1989. But that you are willing to follow the process and the procedure and follow system and respect structure and constituted authority. I'm not talking about four years appointments, constituted authority. I'm talking of something that will at last every office occupier. Do you understand this? Shall I continue? Well, I have a little more moment. I want to close at 12 though. Last Sunday, we took off from a very strategic point, namely lessons from church history. You remember? Can I go over that again or you already understood everything? I should go over it. How many people were not here last Sunday? Let me see your hand. You were not here last Sunday without me. For your sake, I will go over. But stop dragging us back. Why is history or church history important? That's why I read Romans 15. It was the last scripture that I didn't read. You remember? I read every, I said three scriptures. We read from Proverbs. I explained to you. We read from where again? 
Acts, but I didn't read Romans. So let's go to Romans 15 now, verse 1 to 7. Romans chapter 15, verse 1 to 7. We then who are strong, strong men, strong women, (laughs) ought to create an environment that would take care of the weak and the strong. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not please ourselves. I sat with one of the ministers in Dubai several years ago on a mission, a mission tour, Patricia Bailey, myself, and a few others, and we sat in the house of the minister of transport, and I said, you practice Islam in this country? He said, yes. So show me the difference between your Islamic religion and the one practiced in my country. I didn't tell him I'd, I'd ever been a Muslim. I just wanted to know the difference. Because if it's only about religion, why is Dubai and UAE developing? And the most backward part of the country is the north where the domain religion is Islam. I wanted to know the difference. And he looked at me. He said, Pastor, just as there's corruption in your country, there's corruption in mine too. But the difference between our leaders and your leaders is simple. It's the difference between a lion and a hyena. A lion will kill, eat, and leave the rest for those who are there. But a hyena will kill, eat, and hang the remainder on the tree where nobody can reach it. It's no longer useful to him. It's no longer useful to anybody. So he will stack it up in a foreign account with a code that when he dies, nobody knows. Let's read Romans 15. Let me begin from verse 1. Oh, okay, verse 2. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before history, one of the one of the one of the troubles of this nation, the plague that befell this nation, was when you take history away from the curriculum of schools. If people without a sense of history do not know their past, so they cannot navigate their future. For whatever things were written before were written for learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now, may the God of patience, isn't God patient with Nigeria? Has God not been patient with our leaders? Look at what our president went through. He almost died. He said it himself. That he had never been sick like this before. And God graciously restored his life. That is able to go through campaign in 36 days plus the federal capital without breaking down. The opposition candidate went through 16. And he looked healthier and stronger. But this man went through all 36 states and and the federal capital. Can't you see God's grace and patience in that? And if nobody knows, President Bori himself should know that this is a lifetime opportunity for him to leave a legacy behind. And that legacy can only come 
by appointing not just male, female, young, old, but those who are competent and those who are the best, the brightest, and the fittest to support him to release this nation from the shackles of poverty because the president has a true economic forest. And nobody should blame the Mr. President alone for all the plagues. He cannot do it by himself. Well, besides a minister who thinks an opportunity for him to create, to generate wealth for himself. Well, besides any governmental leader, no matter the office you occupy, if you are there just to enrich yourself, well, besides you. And time will tell because this land will vomit you. In the mighty name of Jesus. See, I've got into a place where I don't really care what anybody says, but this nation will be saved, this nation will be changed, and this nation will become great in my lifetime. In the mighty name of Jesus. Capture it and put it on, on, on your social, whatever media. Let it continue to It doesn't bother me anymore. I turn your color for what both. You are not old enough to lose your tooth. You have to cover your own. And don't, don't tell anybody. I say, I said it. Because my help is in the name of the Lord. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. That you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, Receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Give me verse 4 again. Verse 4. For whatever things were written before, were written for what? This is why it's important to begin to glean lessons from from church history. We learned from Acts of the Apostles last Sunday, chapter 1 to 4. That the church that began, we want 20 people in the upper room, grew quickly to 3,120 on the day of Pentecost and to about 5,000 after the healing of the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. You remember that? Yes, sir. In Acts 5, thieves, perjurers, and religious hypocrites, namely Ananias and Sapphira, a couple in conspiracy were eliminated from the church by death. Until that, fear did not enter into church. Hypocrites, all of you hypocrites, you're going to pay the price one day. They did not know that they were conspiring against God. They thought it was against Peter. Pretenders with a, chin, a chip on their shoulder, pretending to be supporting the move of God, like Barnabas, the son of consolation, they should land. They hid part of the money because, you know, let's keep some. We don't know where this is going. They pay with their lives. With their lives. By the time you get to Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6, the apostles delegated authority to the first set of deacons, seven of them, to distribute food and other relief materials to the poor and the widow. At that point in time, the word of God spread. The number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. You know, it never occurred to me that to be obedient to the faith is not the same thing as to be converted. 
until I study. They simply believe. People believe. And all they have is cerebral psych- salvation or psychological salvation. Okay? They were obedient to the faith, but they were not actually converted because they still held the view that except a man be circumcised according to the law of Moses, he cannot be accepted into the faith. And they were the ones conversing for that in Acts of the Apostles chapter 15. That's what mixture does. When you, are, you believe part of the Bible that you like, and you reject the ones you don't like, you don't believe the Bible, you believe yourself. In Acts chapter 7 and 8, we have the trial of Stephen and his subsequent murder. Stephen was bold, courageous, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And he spoke in such a way that he could not resist or gainsay his wisdom. Then they ganged up, the occult ganged up, the occult within the church. The Antichrist dimension within the church ganged up to kill him. I'd already dealt with that in times past. The, 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 the synagogue of the Libertines of free men ganged up and killed him. Their kingpin was named Saul, a young man before whose feet, at whose feet, they dropped their clothes while they were stoning Stephen. At first, the effect of that murder looked negative because the whole church scattered. But it wasn't negative at all. God was at the bottom of it. I consider it strategic scattering, intentional, deliberate. Do you understand me? Why? Because those who are scattered went everywhere. The church was not meant to be a Jewish club. They were already treated as a Jewish club, and God allowed them to enjoy it Celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. Boom, 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 boom. Sir, you can come the way you are. You go the way God wants you to be. You can wear anything you like to church. It doesn't matter. We become seeker sensitive and user friendly. And everyone, (laughs) someone said to me, I will not mention his name. He said he was going to a particular church before, 1993 when he joined this church. He went, no, no. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I call him chairman. (laughs) (laughs) How many chairmen here? He said he was going to this particular church and there was a, a service, a particular inspiration service. And when the pastor was dancing, the way he was dancing, and these girls with pinky dress, said, she call, he called his wife after that. He said, Emil, what be more? Because my faith has not developed to this level. <laughs> I know you are strong. <laughs> you can laugh. The man ran for his life. Because when they dance and you look at it, have you forgotten the daughter of the daughter of I can't hear you? Huh? You know <laughs> dancing can cause the death the head of a prophet too. Uh-huh. 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 Since the church by design was not meant to be a Jewish club, the gospel began to spread beyond the walls of Jerusalem church and move on to other cities in fulfillment of the mandate Jesus gave to the church. Now I'm trying to challenge pastors 
who by the time they have 5,000 people, they already lean. They, they, they are, what, what's the word? They are leaning on their oars. Resting, resting. They are no longer striving. They become mega. No, God's name is not mega, it's omega. They become mega. They fill the land with people. The majority of them are nothing but crowd. We have long churches, 10 miles long, one inch deep. We are not impacting society. There's no change in the atmosphere. We have a lot of religion, but no righteousness. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, I've got into chapter 8, where Philip was murdered. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, rather than backtracking from the persecution of the church, Saul and his murderous club pursued church people to strange cities. The one greater and brighter than the sun met him on the way and knocked him down from his horse. So, so, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? You know, he knew that Stephen, when he knelt down and said, Lord, do not lay it to their church, there is a Lord somewhere. And if he didn't come down to box him off, his not, and I said, I think this has to do with the person Stephen called Lord. Lord, who are you? He said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. You don't know that when you touch the apple of God's eye, it will fight back. You don't understand that? <laughs> Go to the city, they will tell you what you will do. He called Ananias, you know the rest of the story. The foremost, eight, not atheist, Judaist, and the foremost persecutor of the church now began to preach the faith he once tried to destroy. And men eventually glorify God in him. The first household, I'm trying to tell you that church grew to a point that nobody was interested in number anymore. They counted up to 5,000. Thereafter, they are now saying greatly multiplied, greatly increased. The ushers lost their counting. And I told ushers last Sunday, stop counting until you count yourself. If you don't count to God, your counting is meaningless. Ushering department is a good job, but the time is coming that you can't count anymore. Thank you. You must count for God. Can I hear amen? Amen. In Acts of the Apostle, chapter number 10, the first household and friends salvation, household and friends salvation among the Gentiles took place by divine direction and orchestration through the hand of the foremost apostle to the Jews. The foremost apostle to the Gentiles was saved in Acts 9. The foremost apostle to the Jews went into action and through him the gospel got to the Gentiles for the first time. He learned his lessons when God showed him a vision that he didn't understand. God said, rise, eat, and kill. He said, no, you are God, I am Jew. I've never eaten anything like this in my life. He said, don't call unclean the things I've called clean. 
In Acts 10, 24 to, 24 to 48, you can write it down. Eventually found himself in the house of Cornelius, the Roman centurion. And as he was speaking, the Spirit of God fell upon those people and they believed. The Roman centurion met him on the way because the angel introduced his name. He fell on the floor in worship. Peter reached out to him and said, I myself am a man. I pray every general overseer and superintendent will know that you're not going to be here forever. I myself am a man. Give your worship to God and not to any man. And he introduced his family and his friends. And said, bring us the word that God has given to you. And as he began to speak, the spirit of God fell on them. And Peter asked the question, can we forbid these ones from being baptized who have received what we have received? The Holy Ghost is equalizer in the church. I can't hear your amen. (laughs) Anointed man of God, others are anointed too. Satan also is anointed. Because the anointed cherub that covered it. Don't shakara me with your anointing. It's more than the anointing. It's not about you. Anointing is not for you to do become shine shine bobo before the before the congregation. The purpose of the anointing is to cover the filthiness of your flesh so that you can stand before the presence of God and receive from God and bring to people because you have no right to speak to people on behalf of God if you have not spoken to God on behalf of people. We have it on record also in Acts of the Apostles chapter 11 that those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. Carry over. God scattered the church in Jerusalem. And those who were scattered stepped into European territories, but they were still looking for Jews only. <laughs> Nevertheless, after a while, some of them who were men from Cyprus and Cyrene came to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists. Who are those? Greek-speaking Jews. It's improving. Some spoke to Jews only. Others came and spoke to Hellenists, Greek-speaking Jews, preaching the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed, say great number. Great number. Which means it's not 200, it's not 120, it's not a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Antioch became a base for both Barnabas and Paul. It's on record that disciples were first called Christians in Antioch following a whole year of teaching who? A great many people. Acts 11 verse 19. Acts 11 verse 19. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch. Preaching the word to no one but to the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene. Who when they had come to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And what? A great number believed and turned to the Lord. 
The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. May that be said about you in the days to come in the name of Jesus. May your credentials not be, I joined in 1999. I joined in 1992. I joined in 1989. No, may your credentials be full of Holy Ghost and wisdom and full of faith in the name of Jesus Christ. For he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith and a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Sassos to seek Saul. Why? Barnabas sensed in his spirit, Saul would do a better job here than I would do. I need a team member. And so when I get to where we are going, you will understand why I'm going through church history like this. That it takes a great team to build a great dream. You understand me? It takes a great team to build a great dream. You can't do it all by yourself. You, don't, you are not omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. You're not. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year, they assembled with the church. And thought a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. They didn't call themselves Christians. I love some believers. They went to them and said, Do you, are you really genuinely born again? You people, the way you live, is said, don't ask me, ask my neighbor. Let my neighbor talk about me to you. I don't need to brag about my salvation. But let those who are around me testify. What manner of person I am? What would they say about you? Acts chapter 12 contains the record of further persecution against the church. You know what happened? James was beheaded. Pity my brother. Pity your senior uncle. He said he could drink the cup that Jesus drank. So he drank it. But then Herod arrested Peter also. Because he saw that the beheading of James was pleasing to the Jews. You know, there are people who rejoice over your fall. Mm. Do you understand me? As the Lord lives, I will not fail, I will not fall, I will not falter. The moment James was beheaded, Herod saw it pleased the Jews. And he went after Peter and locked him up waiting till after Easter. He made a mistake. Because the church prayed. An angel of the Lord set him free. The gates of prison opened by itself. In the name of Jesus, whatever prison you are in today, you are coming out. If it is prison of sickness, you are coming out. If it is prison of luck, you are coming out. If it is prison of poverty, you are coming out. In the name of Jesus Christ. Peter escaped. Those who are praying, we don't know whether they believe their prayers or not. Because when he knocked, it does cannot be him, it must be his spirit. <laughs> Rhoda kept on saying, sin. Then they opened, they saw him, they were amazed. Your miracle will shock your enemy. Your miracle will shock your friends. They will not be able to put it together. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
Well, if you read the rest of the story, God Almighty stretched his hand and dealt with Herod. An angel slapped him. He fell on the ground and bread worms before he died. If he died and bread worms will be understood. But before he died, he started breathing worms. Hey. Most of Bam! The angel slapped him. He fell down, breadworms, and died. Now, at this point, this is why I led you to this particular point. Number one, everything you read in Acts of the Apostles from chapter 1 to chapter 12 is around a persona by the name of Peter. Where from chapter 13, Peter's name was never mentioned again in the Bible until Acts 28. First, it was Barnabas and Saul, and Paul became the dominant figure. But Paul knew he could not do it all by himself, and he started building church as an institution, not around his persona. He will establish it, raise elders, pray for them, and step out. But see what happened at the end of chapter 12. That it was not church growth they were concerned about. The word of God does not focus on church growth, on numerical strength. How many people are you running now? Stupid. I didn't want to say stupid American pastors. How many people are you running? Are you supposed to be running people? Because they relate with you based on the strength of your ministry. They know when they come there, they can raise money. They don't raise people. Let us see the focus of God and his word after the death of Herod. Acts of the Apostle, chapter 12, verse 18. Acts of the Apostle, chapter 12, verse number 18 to 24. And at this juncture, I will stop. Do you understand me? Because I don't want to stretch you beyond your ability. I will come back. And explain to you next Sunday why your spiritual DNA is bounced back. It does not matter what scatters the church. There is no killing the church. For as long as the church has visionary leadership and it has a people that are willing to pay any price, you will see that the church will bounce back. The church that was scattered became a multitude again in Acts 15. So the multitudes gathered to listen to Paul and to Barnabas. Where did they come from? There's no killing the church. I said there's no killing the church. But let's see the focus of God Almighty. Ushers, ushering department, pastors who rejoice in how many you have in attendance and how much money you have in your bank account. Hear the word of the Lord and be wise. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Acts 12, 18 to 24. I want you to see where we are going. Where we are no longer interested in how many people are attending our church. How many people are in first service. How many people are in second service. How many people are in third service. When we become an institution, we become a force to reckon with. 
Government will be afraid when we meet. They are going to wait for a communicate coming from the church. They are watching every word that comes out of our mouth because something else is going to grow beyond numerical strength. Acts of the Apostle, chapter 12, 18 to 24, and I bring this service to a close. Acts 12, 18 to 24. Then as soon... No, 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 no. Oh, okay. You know, I said Peter was in prison here. James was beheaded. And I want you to see what happened to the soldiers that were guarding him. So let's start reading from here. Then as soon as he was dead, there was no small star among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. <laughs> and he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. That's the capital market of the marketplace. And that's where Satan operates. And that's where the depth of Satan is. The economy of this world is demon driven. Now, Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but it came to him with one accord, and having made blasters, the king's personal aid, their friend, they asked for peace. That's the place of, uh, what do you call it? No, not marketplace. Those who lobby. That's the lobby column. That's the lobby stuff. They look for somebody who knows the president. They look for somebody who knows the minister. That they are lobbies. They, they will go and make appeals and show, uh, and they get paid for it. It's a very big business in America. It's becoming a big business in Nigeria too. But God forbid that I become an influence peddler. Let's read. Because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a Saturday, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. You know, there are people who can speak like Hitler and sweep you off your feet. There are people who can speak like Obama. Men, you'll be weeping when you hear such people. They have the power. They have a rhetorical power and they can really deliver and they can hoodwink you. By the time he finished speaking, the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. There are still people today who believe that Voxy Populi Suprema Lex, the voice of the people is the voice of God. Far, 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 far. Don't confuse noise with voice. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And it was eaten by worms and died. That will be the end of many of these people. Amen. They will die before their death comes in. Amen. They will be stinking. They will breed worms. Amen. And then they will eventually gas out. Amen. And be buried. Or be burnt. But the word of God. I can't hear you. But the word of God. And. That's where we are going. Not just with medical strength. Not just we have a 50,000 auditorium, a 10 million auditorium. No! The word of God 
must grow and multiply in our day and in our time. This is what the citadel is all about. Stand to your feet. The word of God must grow and multiply. You must be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. His word must be mighty in you. You must be full of matter. The spirit of God must prepare you that when you are speaking, you have utterance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The word of God grew and multiplied. It's no longer numerical strength at that time. It's the strength of the word of God shaping society and building people. Lift your hands to heaven today. Ask God to make you part of this now church in the name of Jesus Christ that takes his cue from God, from his word, that derives his strength from the word of God. The word of God is the highest manifestation of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. We are not going to be subtracted by what is in our bank account. We are not going to be subtracted by our numerical strength. But we are going to labor day and night. That every one of us become a courier of the touch of truth in Christendom's darkest hour. Father, this day our eyes unto you. We are gleaning lessons from church history. What you did then, you can do now. Because you are the same yesterday, you are the same today, and you'll be the same forever. Let the entrance of your world bring light and understanding to the simple. Help us, Lord, build your church in the mighty name of Jesus. Fill us with your word. Fill us with your power. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to every man who believes. Help us to build strong institutions and not just strong men. Thank God for strong men, but let evolve. Let their evolve from their oppressions, from their teaching, from their training. Strong institutions now be based on process, on law, on principles of the kingdom that was Stand out and outlast every pioneer. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Stretch your hands towards me and pray for me. And after I've preached unto others, I myself will not become a castaway. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. Thank you for strengthening me. Thank you for feeding me with your word from time to time. Thank you for ensuring that I all pray to the leaves of the planet, with the ears of the planet. Thank you for granting me grace to speak a word to him who is weary, a word is seizing. I give you glory, I give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And the people said, Amen. You may be seated. Two quick announcements before we welcome first-timers. When I finish, before 12.30 today, nobody put their hands together. Okay. Because it's not that the message has finished, though. I just managed to finish it at that spot, and we continue from there next Sunday. Because of what we are going through, next Sunday will still be a combined service. Is that okay by you? We will continue until we get to where we are going. Because I'm going to show you why the Citadel Global Community Church is a four-dimensional church. I need to show you, and you must know how to operate in the four dimensions. If you don't, you'll be a stranger in a strange place. Where are you going? 
If it is toilet, I release you. Don't do it on the chair. Praise the Lord. So next Sunday we meet again. Missionary force at 8 o'clock. And uh, main service starts at 9. And we'll finish on time. We are getting there little by little. I say we are getting there. Do you not know the difference between institution and strong men? Which one do you want us to build? Build this build this church around Tunde Bakari. So that when they say Tunde Bakari, it's a latter end. That ended 30, on the 30th anniversary. I've now operated that way. You're not just aware of what we were doing. The day the first set of ministers were, were anointed here, one of the offices was finance and establishment. We're thinking of institution building from day one. How many of you have this in your hand? Citadel Transition Bulletin. Don't just discard it. Read it. The message there, God's secret pavilion, was taken from the archives. It was a message preached in 1989. God's secret pavilion. One of the series I taught in 1989. We are going to the archives so that generations that were not there can begin to tap into the things that were taught back then. So study this, and if you need to locate the tapes yourself, lay hands on them and study them. Because except you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you cannot survive in an environment that we are in. And you know the thing about the secret place? is a secret. You need to locate it yourself. Amen? so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's Word. I pray that the Word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye Bye for for now. now.